Welcome everyone to another edition of the Mind of Little Rage. It is very early in the morning, September 1st, 2020. It is a Tuesday and I hope everyone is safe and sound and that you have a great week as we come into the waning weeks of the summer time period. The last installment of this series, we looked at two of the more extreme forms of metal, death metal and black metal. That episode was very, very challenging for me. I venture to say it was the hardest episode I have ever had to produce. Now, when I came up with the idea for this series, I wanted to approach each segment with a clear and open mind, be transparent and honest. At the end of that show, I could not formulate a definitive answer to the question that was raised during the episode. Black metal is a complicated subject to tackle. It is not as cut and dried as one would initially think. But in this episode or this installment of the series, we will look at a subgenre of metal that has been met with controversy and disparaging comments from several groups both inside and outside the world of music. Today, we take a look at Christian metal. It is reported that the subgenre had its origins in the late 70s with bands from North America and Sweden. In North America, we, there were bands like Barnabas and Daniel Band. In Sweden, we had the band Jerusalem. There were bands that came to some notoriety and prominence in America during the mid-80s. Bands like Petra, White Cross, Baron Cross, and most notably, Striper. During the hair metal explosion of that era, Striper was far and away the band that received the most exposure due to their videos being in heavy rotation on MTV. Now, their sound was akin to the hair metal bands of the time. However, instead of being labeled a glam or hair metal band, I believe they would be more accurately labeled as power metal. Striper was known for passing out Bibles at their live shows and being unapologetic about their faith. Now, these actions did not prevent those in religious organizations from denouncing the band. This was based solely on the fact that the message of the band was presented in a heavy metal format. This goes back to part three of the series where we learned that people equated rock and roll with being the devil's music. Regardless, Striper was a mainstream success throughout the 80s. In the 90s, there was a bit of a barren time for Christian metal. It did not disappear, but it wasn't as prominent as it had been in the previous decade. There were bands still leading a charge in the subgenre. The latter stages of the 80s brought, brought forth bands like Believer. Believer was a band that never had mainstream success, but they were regarded as one of the first bands to usher in symphonic metal. Their music was deeply rooted in the traditional thrash metal sound, but they incorporated a mix of progressive and symphonic elements. The early 90s also was a time period where a future Christian metal band would burst onto a scene. The band was X-Toll. They would create a lot of buzz due to the technicality of their musical compositions. 
and the band has also shown that they are very versatile with albums that have more of a black metal sound to thrash and even progressive. Now, I personally go into detail on X Toll in my series, Artists Who Influence Life and Music, and the X Toll episode is number four in that series. Also, during more modern times, new metal era saw another influx of Christian metal bands, Demon Hunter, P.O.D., August Burns Red, and several others. As I stated earlier, Christian metal has been denounced and attacked by individuals inside and outside of the music industry. Televangelists, including Kenneth Copeland and John Hagee, have had several sermons denouncing rock as a tool of Satan. The faith-based beliefs of bands like Demon Hunter, Striper, and August Burns Red do not keep them out of the crosshairs of religious leaders. Again, the attacks are solely based on the heavy metal sound that would bring the ire upon these bands. Metalcore, thrash, and progressive were not the only subgenres to have bands with a Christian-based message. In the mid-90s, Australian band Horde was one of the first Christian bands to have a black metal sound. However, they dubbed it Holy Unblack Metal. This was in direct opposition to, to a slogan used by the band Dark Throne on their albums Under a Funeral Moon and A Blaze in the Northern Sky. Bands that have a Christian message with the musical presentation of black metal have been widely denounced by black metal musicians. This is due to unblack metal being the polar opposite of the misanthropic and satanic messages contained in the majority of black metal. Christian metal has also come under fire for the actions of musicians that claim to be Christians. Most notably, Tim Lambesis of the band As I Lay Dying. Tim was convicted of solicitation of murder in 2014. Previously, As I Lay Dying was labeled as a Christian metal band. In 2014, Lambesis had publicly announced that he was now an atheist. He was released from prison in December of 2016. Now this raises questions that I have been pondering for many years. As we have seen throughout modern history, Christianity has become a means to an end for some. Christianity has been exploited by those who see it as a quick way to make a lot of money. We have all seen the controversies and events that have plagued all denominations of the Christian faith. Jimmy Swaggart, Jim Baker, and Robert Tilton have all fallen from grace within the Christian community for various reasons. We have also seen the molestation cases that have been exposed within the Catholic Church. As it pertains to the music side of the coin, though, how can we truly be sure that these musicians that claim to be Christians really are who they say they are? There is irrefutable evidence that all faith-based religions have been exploited to a certain extent. It's not just Christianity, but it seems to be a much easier and more profitable target. The names of the disgraced pastors I mentioned earlier are definitely from the past. However, the trend continues even today, with megachurch pastors like Joel Osteen preaching a prosperity gospel under the guise of Christianity. I've seen several of his so-called sermons, and not once did I hear him speak the name of Jesus Christ, who is the basis for Christianity. He certainly references God, 
in his sermons, but willfully omits Christ. His megachurch used to be the summit on Highway 59 here in Houston. This was the home of the Houston Rockets for many years. I saw Metallica for the first time in that same building. It currently has a seating capacity of 16,000 people and is usually at full capacity during the televised services on Sunday morning. Now, it's hard to say if Christian metal bands are who they say they are. The interpretation can be very subjective. It would be easy to present yourself as something other than you truly are. And it is often said that actions speak louder than words, but who's to say that the actions presented are not skillfully calculated to deceive? In playing devil's advocate, we are not in the know about the majority of a musician's personal life. We do not see their interactions with their band members, with their family, with their friends. Also, it would seem that presenting yourself as a Christian band of any genre could be a way to secure a distribution or record deal because the market for Christian music is much less saturated than music outside of the Christian boundaries. Now, I'm not saying that all Christian metal bands are fakes. I do feel that there are bands who are who, what they cl- proclaim to be. For instance, Extol. I believe in my heart of heart that they are true to the Christian beliefs and are unashamed about it. But at the same time, I could easily question a band like Demon Hunter. And to be honest, I love Demon Hunter. They are an amazing band and I enjoy the vast majority of their music. They have a, a, a definite positive vibe, but I do not hear much reference to Jesus Christ. This could be that Demon Hunter does not want to be overly preachy in their lyrical delivery. And really, I can understand that approach, as the majority of people do not want to be preached at and told that they are sinful. As it relates to the subject of this series, I have to at least attempt to answer the same questions that I have posed to each previous subgenre that I have discussed in our journey. So here's the question. Is Christian metal evil? This musical form does not typically downplay the existence of humans, and the messages contained within the music, by and large, have a positive intent. With that said, I can say that this form of heavy metal is not evil. However, as we discovered in the previous section of this series, part six, the term evil can have a subjective interpretation. I hope you enjoyed part seven of this series. We should be wrapping this up within the next two episodes, and I appreciate all of the retweets and sharing that has occurred on social media. I'm I'm just blown away by the complete support that many of you have shown for this this show. And I am forever in your debt on that. I hope everyone stays safe, has a great week, and stays healthy. And hopefully, we will get past this pandemic and get back to our normal lives. So until next time, this is Little Rage, out.